You are listening to The Millennial, The Man, and Miss Crystal, a podcast ministry of Old Town Community Church. Here are Pastor Phil, Pastor Brian, and Crystal. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Millennial, The Man, and Miss Crystal. Uh, we are excited to be joining you today. First, we have The Millennial. Hey, I'm Brian, Associate Pastor at OTCC and Resident Millennial for the purposes of this podcast. And The Man. I am Phil. I'm the pastor of OTCC, and I am the man by age. That is how I got designated. But you know what? I am recognizing how different I am from the millennial and others in that this latest wave of tech stuff is driving me nuts. So I'll leave it at that. Maybe we'll delve into that a little further to see how it's driving you nuts. Um, And then I am Miss Crystal, the Director of Operations here at OTCC. I must say this is like one of the highlights of my week to be able to catch up with the millennial and the man, and to just, you know, have some lighthearted discussion um, as we move through our week. And it's really nice. We record on Wednesdays, which kind of like breaks up the week for us a little bit. Uh, But you are listening to it whenever you're listening to it. So I'm interested. I am kind of like a positive person. You know, I I try to remain um, upbeat and thinking about, you know, the good in every situation. As I reflect upon the last week, there have been some stories in the news. I mean, of course, we have stories that keep us updated on, um, you know, what's happening in our country as well as around the world. But then there's sometimes some lighthearted things that occur that just kind of make us say, oh, or think differently about humanity and the world. So I'm wondering, have you guys heard any good news stories lately that were just like, huh, refreshing? Yes, I have been very excited this week because baseball is back uh, in the great land of South Korea. It returned this week, and I have been so hungry for live sports. Uh, I have been running kind of an underground Belarusian Premier League pick'em, but people have kind of run out of steam on that. So I've turned my attention to the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization, and that started, uh, and on Tuesday morning, I actually caught some of it uh, from 2 a.m. to 3 a.m., but the good news, Crystal, was there was a first pitch. So for people who aren't baseball fans, they have someone who ceremonially throws out the ball from the mound to home plate before the game starts, and in uh, the first pitch for the Korean Baseball League this year, they had a boy in a bubble. So like, picture a big like beach ball, the size that would fit a 10-year-old. And so kind of like a hamster, he ran out onto the field in this ball and he stood on the mound. And so instead of throwing a baseball to home plate, he was the baseball. The ball that he was in was the baseball and it was the first (laughs) pitch. And so he ran from the mound to home plate and then through the baseball, he high-fived the catcher. And it was a socially distant first pitch. Hats off to the people of South Korea and I'm just so impressed with them. They have uh, over 50 million people uh, and they've had 200 some deaths um, and they brought baseball back this week. So I think we can uh, learn from what they're doing. So that was my good news. That's incredible. Is there a, is there a South Korea nationals team? No. They need one. 
There are 10 teams, but no. None of them are named Nationals? No. They have twins. Really? Yeah. Well, that's, that'll be my team then. When, when can we view this? A lot of games start at 5.30. I actually caught one this morning. It was the LG Twins, uh, as a matter of fact. So uh, it's on ESPN. It's beautiful. Now, does, is, is ESPN playing them at night? They are. They're playing them live, and then they're replaying them in the afternoon because nothing else is going on. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's really cool. I'm trying to think of a good news story over the past week or so. I'm, I don't know that I've, I've heard one. I'm, I'm sure I have, but they're not sticking right now. So actually, too, one is just like kind of silly, but it really made me smile. So I love the pictures on social media where you kind of see animals coming out to play in um, new and different spaces. So there was one that I saw where... It was an alligator in the canal, in one of the canals in Venice. And um, it was like Louis Vuitton bags are now swimming in the canals, uh, which was really kind of funny uh, to me. But just to kind of see like animals in different places that you wouldn't imagine them being because, um, you know, we've been inside and they've had an opportunity to come out and um, frolic in new ways. So that's kind of neat you know, me smile a little bit. And then the other thing, so I have noticed, we were talking last week about, you know, commencement speakers and who would be like great commencement speakers. And so the Obamas are actually doing two live virtual graduations on May 15th. So there's one like for um, historically black colleges and universities. And then there's another one that they're doing, I think is a more general span of college graduates. Um, but that was cool that they're doing virtual commencements. So it just took me a minute to think about it. I had actually two good news items that are on the more serious nature, not necessarily lighthearted. Um, but my brother in Charlotte was his, his company closed during COVID. And so he had to file for unemployment and was having the hardest time uh, getting through. And he emailed yesterday that it went through and they're good to go. So that was actually huge, huge news. And he's a unique situation because, you know, Charlotte's one of those um, bi-state areas, right? So he lives in South Carolina, but worked in North Carolina, which complicates that whole, you know, process a little bit. The second news, and my sister and I just received it as humorous. And so um, I don't want it to, to sound disrespectful at all. But so my 87-year-old stepdad has been um, waiting for his stimulus check. You know, it, no, so he's been waiting for that. And because, you know, Social Security and, and there were some glitches with that. Well, he got his two days ago, either Monday or Tuesday, which was it's really helpful for him. He's on a fixed income and everything. However... He also got my mother's who oh. passed away a year and a half ago. <laughs> uh. And so hearing him talk about it, I mean, we, we actually had a, a big, big smile about it, you know, um, and, and because he was wondering, you know, is Trump going to come get this check, you know? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, know. what do you do with that? Um. Just, <laughs> my, my mom passed in, in uh, October of 2018. His, paperwork and everything was based on his 2018 tax thing and so anyway and so my sister did a little research and hundreds of thousands of people have received um stimulus checks who are deceased and so 
um, again, in all respect to my mother and her passing and Mother's Day week, she decided to give my dad a gift. And so, um, I don't know. We, it, it was a lot, it really lifted my spirits. Now, he's going to set it aside because he knows he's going to have to send it back. I thought it was kind of, kind of unique. In the, in the maybe spirit of kind of the other happenings in our weeks and just kind of what provides maybe distractions or opportunities for us to decompress a little bit, I am starting to think about, you know what, this is a good time to revisit different TV shows or different movies that I haven't seen in a long time because I have a little bit of time left or um, extra time in the day. I was actually thinking about, hmm, what am I going to look at this month that will be, you know, just shows or movies that I really enjoyed and what it would love to do a replay of. So Brian, what's something that you feel is like worth re-watching as you are staying at home and have maybe a little more time uh, to engage in movies or television? My answer is a, a little unorthodox. And so the show that immediately jumps to mind that never gets old or that I'm catching up on is Jeopardy. Uh, I love Jeopardy. Probably, you know, I, I don't have many regrets in life, but not being on Jeopardy will be one if I'm sitting on my deathbed thinking about what I didn't accomplish that I wanted to accomplish. I have not watched, uh, this time last year, I watched it almost every day live. Uh, so I have it on the DVR now, and we have 30 episodes backlogged. So I, uh, we're just now working through the spring break college championship. So I think the last episode I watched, Trebek wished uh, the viewers a happy Easter weekend. It's just, it's such a great show. It's, it's timeless. The amount of trivia per minute on the show just demolishes other shows like this. Like who wants to be a millionaire? You get maybe you know, a dozen questions in 20 minutes and Jeopardy is just rapid fire. It sounds a little dorky, but that is what I'm rewatching. Movies, I have never been a movie man. I don't like, really don't like movies, you know. I've, okay. I joke with friends that they're too scripted. You know, I like stuff that's real. Uh, so I respect movie lovers, but I'm just, I'm not into it. And I just, right now, sitting down for two hours to watch a movie, it doesn't sound uh, relaxing to me. Right. Well, I have a question for you about Jeopardy. So how are you doing? So you play along at home, right? And how, how are you um, compared to the actual contestants on the show? Are you getting a lot of the answers correct? Or how are you? How oh, I can do pretty right? well in the college championship. I think as uh, someone 10 years past the target date, uh, I'm performing well. When it comes to the real game with adults, it's hit or miss and it depends on the categories. If it focuses on the arts or science, I do poorly, but ones that have geography, religion, pop culture, so many, the clues, the answers are in the clues. Uh, you just have to know the game to find it out. So doing great on the college one, doing mediocre on the uh, adult one. I've taken the adult test the last two years and you have to get 35 out of 50 to go to the next round and I've got upper 20s. So the quest continues. So, Brian, I am stuck on your major life regret, and uh, I'm not surprised we'll be not getting on Jeopardy. You've talked about that often. Yeah, what I'm stuck on is the fact that you'd be sitting on your deathbed instead of lying. <laughs> um, yeah, if, if, if you're sitting on your deathbed when you die, that's a unique death. Hey, uh, I can't predict it, but I, don't put it past me. My other one, uh, since we're on that topic, 
Uh, I shared recently that one of my current life regrets is never growing my hair out or growing a mullet. I just, I think that would have been fun to do. (laughs) And so I don't feel like I professionally could right now. So in college, I should have tried it. Yeah, you could. I don't know. I mean, who's going to see you? You're, You're in a cave. Okay, that sounds like I might have the green light to give it a shot. It's not only green light, it's a dare. (laughs) Oh. All right. Well, you got to do it now, Brian. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) You look like a a hockey player. That's the goal. I could knock my front teeth out while I'm at it. It'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. What was the question? So, Phil, like any, um, now that you have maybe a little extra time, any TV shows or movies that you're like, ooh, that's a good one. I need to rewatch that. I am not fighting myself with, with extra time. <laughs> but, but, I, I, but and what I mean by that is the normal. So, uh, as a matter of fact, I might be a little busier than normal. But and normally, I have a little bit of time for TV. And so, probably watch Chopped. So I may be watching a few extra episodes of Chopped. And I'm kind of like you with Jeopardy, Brian. I'm like way, I don't even know. I think, I think I'm in like an 08 or 09 season. I mean, they, I didn't realize how many seasons they had of that thing. And, and it's interesting. I, I, when my kids were younger and we were church planters in Minnesota, it was an, a, a treat or a splurge to be able to go see a movie. Because movies can get kind of expensive, you know, all the, all the stuff that goes with the movie. The criminal popcorn prices. Yeah. And so what happened with that is I developed a, a real frustration of going to a movie that I almost wasn't guaranteed it was going to be really good. And so I actually don't see a lot of movies. I don't want to go waste my money on a movie that's terrible. And I don't even want to risk that, even though, you know, our kids are grown and we have more margin financially to, to risk a bad movie. And so then I tell myself, well, I'll just wait till it comes out. And then it comes out and I'm really not interested. I, it, I'm kind of like Brian that way in that I just don't want to give two hours to a movie. I, I will, um, but I don't even know the last one. Knives Out. Our, our family would see Knives Out in, at Christmas time. So, so what I do for TV is, so no movies, um, watch a few episodes of Cheers. I usually watch clips, like YouTube clips. Mm-hmm. Um, that way I can kind of cherry pick and make my own channel. Saturday Night Live sometimes, some skits there, music clips, things like that. And funny clips. Like I love, if I just want to do, if I want to be stupid for about 10 or 20 minutes, um, mm-hmm. I'll chase like news bloopers <laughs> or people falling down. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's a bad habit. Right, right. But I mean, it, it's a little release nonetheless, because um, I, I can think about some pretty funny clips of like people falling down. It's just like the oddest thing, but it's so, <laughs> it's so relieving to laugh it out. I get that. So I actually have plans on the series that I want to rewatch. And it's really interesting because I've watched the entire series twice, but I want to watch it again. Yeah. And that's The Wire. The Wire originally came out on HBO probably 2000, forever ago. I was, were you, Brian, did you ever watch The Wire? I didn't. I'll tell you why, okay. Crystal. I've heard so much good stuff about The Wire. People I really trust have told me how wonderful it is, and I'm going to mm-hmm. add you to that list. I loaded the first episode once to watch it. It was not in high definition. Uh, it was <laughs> in standard def, and my eyes were just like, uh, <laughs> get out of here. Uh, 
you are too spoiled with hype. HD standard def's not going to work. Is yeah. it HBO or Netflix or? So it's on Netflix now. So like the first time when I watched it, it came out was on HBO. And that's the only reason I had HBO because I wanted to see The Wire and it was six seasons and it was an amazing journey. The second time it was when um, Netflix used to send you the DVDs in the mail. So yeah. I got all six seasons and the DVDs and I watched it then. And then I stopped at season five because I just didn't want it to end because I love The Wire so much. And so now I'm like, it's time to watch The Wire again. It was a great series, a great show. And when for Facebook was like becoming popular with my age group, they used to have one of the quizzes about The Wire. And so me and my friends would go on and we would just play these quizzes for hours and it would go through all the different seasons and the characters. So I'm ready to watch The Wire again. It was, it's probably one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, what's the general premise, if you don't mind? Yeah, so The Wire is based in Baltimore, and um, it's really looking at kind of like the neighborhood in Baltimore. So there is um, the organized crime sector, and then there are the, like the police officers and um, those who are helping to like, you know, maintain safe Baltimore. And so each season, they kind of focus on a different aspect of organized crime. So um, season one is kind of like so drugs in the neighborhood. Season two was trafficking on the docks, which was like incredible thinking about that. Season three, I don't remember, but they also had one that was talking about the school system. Um, they had another one, another season that was all about newspapers and kind of the, I think it was the Baltimore Sun, if that's what it's called. And just how kind of the news reporters were helping uncover the stories of crime and corruption. So you just kind of see all of that play out. Um, and it was neat that it was in Baltimore. Well, you know, that just triggered my, my memory. I do like to get into a series. Um, and I think I've mentioned on here before, I absolutely love The Crown and Downton Abbey. And uh, there's one called Father Brown, but I can't get BritBox on my TV. So, and Father Brown just moved from Netflix to BritBox, so kind of ruin that and that might be part of the tech wall i'm hitting like i just cannot get the app on my tv and i don't think BritBox. anyway i'm just not, not worth going into so anyway <laughs> well hopefully you'll find a workaround uh, or something so you can see that series that you really enjoy depending on when you're listening to this podcast episode as we're recording we're entering sunday is mother's day an opportunity for us to celebrate um you know mothers in our lives as well as mothers around the world and to just um you know have that day to kind of think about commemorate and celebrate with that in mind i was thinking about you know who are some of like the great Maybe I have a theme here, right? TV shows and stuff. But I was thinking, like, who are some of the great moms from TV shows that if we had to do, like, the top 10 list of TV moms, who would make that list and why? So I'd be curious to hear from you, Phil, and you, Brian, in regards to, like, the moms when you were watching TV growing up, you were like, ooh, that would be, it would be so cool to have that mom or a mom that's just kind of iconic where we all can be like, oh yeah, yeah, that kind of represented motherhood or that was my view of motherhood as I was watching that show. So if we were going to compile a top 10 list, maybe each of us kind of coming up with three and then maybe we can decide on one together that should be on that list. So any 
actually, let me go ahead and start with my three, and then we can turn it over to Phil and then Brian for yours. Definitely for me, I grew up with The Cosby Show. So Claire Huxtable was like the mom, and she actually was kind of like my mom. One where she was like no nonsense, but also kind of fun. And you knew she was a mom. So like she would engage with her kids, but you knew there was a certain line and you weren't going to cross it. So um, I really enjoyed Claire Huxtable on The Cosby Show. And even now, like if I think about kind of a mom figure, I would think of her. Another one, I used to watch a lot of Nick at Night. (laughs) believe it or not and I really liked the Dick Van Dyke show and I really liked Mary Tyler Moore on that show and you know eventually they got kids or like one kid I don't even remember the kid's name but I thought she was a fun mom you know like she was the mom that you could talk to and she would kind of play around and she was still kind of youthful where um she had some spunk to her and Dick Van Dyke was fun too so kind of them playing off each other was cool And then the third mom I would probably choose is Marge Simpson. (laughs) I just, I loved the Simpsons um, growing up. And Marge was like, just there. She was a little bit of comic relief also. Um, You know, she kind of loved on her kids when needed. And she's just a mom that I remember. I I don't know if I would say like, you know, she's, You know, I'm sure there are characteristics of like the motherhood there, but really I just remember her as a mom in one of my favorite shows. Phil, what about you? Three Yeah, Yeah, so here's what's interesting about this question for me is that um, I, the shows I remember as a kid that I liked didn't really feature mom. Three Stooges was very physical comedy, never had, I don't think had mothers in it. Uh, Gilligan's Island didn't have a mother. People deserted on an island. Uh, Gomer Pyle didn't have a mother. It was about Marines. Bonanza didn't have a mother. It was a dad and uh, four or five sons. It's really interesting, isn't it? Um, uh, Hawaii Five-0, you know, crime shows. It's just not, not a lot of family in, in the era in which I grew up featured. There were a few, like MASH, you know, a hospital unit, um, Cheers, Frasier, no moms really fascinating but edith bunker mm-hmm. all the family edith was was a I, so something made me think about her the other day and i don't know what um, archie was uh, just a, a awful character in some ways um and uh but edith was this happy-go-lucky you know just trying to do her best and uh, generally a very positive person even around a real negative dude like archie um the brady bunch mom i can't remember her name yeah, Carol. Carol Brady. Carol, Carol Brady. So she was really famous, right? And then the mom from the Partridge family. Those two shows I remember a little bit. But, you know, I think one of the funniest moms on TV is Claire Dumphy uh, from Modern Family. And uh, the reason being is that she is, I, I, they, they just didn't, sh- they don't sugar, didn't sugarcoat her character and, and motherhood. You know, she, she loves her children a lot, and yet she gets tired of her children. And, and she gets sarcastic and she's, she's, you know, I don't know. She's, she's honest. I, there was a quote from one of the shows and I can't remember with it and it rem, remember, but it was something like, you know, they have three kids and they're like, you know, one and a half of our kids going to do really well, you know? And so <laughs> it's just their, 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 their cynical humor. is kind of funny. So mm-hmm. no, I, neither of those are really model moms. 
Crystal, I love this topic and I love list radio. Uh, I could listen to list radio for hours. So yes, I'd be happy to help compile some. I've got three for you. I'm going to hit you with a little bit old school, a little more new school, and then my dark horse candidate. So old school is Marie Barone. That's Ray Romano's mother. Everybody loves Raymond. Uh, Interestingly, I don't know why, but I have a strong memory of my mother loving Everybody Loves Raymond. And uh, his mother in that TV show was awesome. So she's my old school nomination. Uh, Phil stole my modern one, uh, Claire Dunphy. Amazing TV mom. Fun fact, I just learned that that actress, she was in Happy Gilmore, Julie Bowen. She's the PGA publicist who kind of helps Happy uh, behave properly to be on the PGA tour. So that was one of my, back when I liked movies, loved Happy Gilmore. So Her big break was, uh, and, and maybe in the movies that was a big break, but uh, Boston Legal. She was an attorney in Boston Legal and, and was, was featured quite a bit. So we, we can name this the Julie Bowen Appreciation Podcast. Uh, <laughs> so my Dark Horse candidate, which I'm really excited about, is Jessica Huang. Now, the show Fresh Off the Boat, I know Crystal's a oh. fan, is very underrated. It is so good. Uh, in one sentence, it's about a family. Uh, they're Taiwanese. They lived in D.C. They moved to Orlando. And it's just about their experience growing up and living in America uh, in the 90s. And so the mother on there is, uh, her name is Jessica. She is very blunt. Uh, She is very much in control of her family and sweet, even though she doesn't like to show it. Uh, Something that she said that really uh, has inspired me in parenthood uh, and just made me laugh. She says, children are never too old to be controlled. It's just like chess. The children are the pawns and you are the queen. As the queen, you control all the pieces on the board. So uh, of my three, I am uh, elevating her to be my top nomination. Wow. <laughs> so Krista, what would be your top? Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, even though as one of you guys were speaking, it brought to mind another mom that I hadn't thought of. Um, and I can't even remember who it is right now. It'll come back to me. Um, so I'm not sure who... I mean, honestly, I probably should have just left Claire Hutstable for the top, because in my opinion, she is like the top mom, because um, she just reminds me so much. That character reminds me a lot of my mom. Um, I thought my mom was great. So I don't know. I might have to give a little more thought to that. But one thing I did want to mention, because I feel I think you hinted at it, and Brian definitely did with Jessica Wong. Like, I love how we've seen kind of motherhood and the portrayal of that evolve over time. So like with the modern family, um, kind of the, the, it, I don't watch the modern fam- family, but it sounds like, you know, being able to show the dimensions and just the realness of, you know, Hey, parenting is hard and we may have gotten this right. We may not, <laughs> you know, and you can kind of like, see that and I love how we can just see the dimensions of people and characters a bit more and I, I love kind of the dimensions of Jessica Wong and it's funny because I, I can see like bits of my mom and Jessica Wong as well but then I'm like oh it's just interesting to kind of see it play out on the screen. Hey you know um, here's what's interesting um, or at least it's interesting to me I, I'm, I'm starting a lot of sense with the, here's what's interesting. Romano not Marie, but the other, the, the Ray's wife. Deborah. Um, Deborah might've been a forerunner for Dumphy. 
you know, because she was kind of real, but old school, I mean, really old school, so old school that nobody listening to this podcast will even have a faint memory. <laughs> but on the Andy Griffith show, mm. uh, which is which is incredible. If you think about it now, as far as a social experiment, Andy was raising his son by himself. Nobody ever knew why his wife or, or Opie's mother wasn't around. So I guess people assume that she died, you know, but Aunt B was the surrogate. Aunt B raised Opie. And so she was kind of the stand-in mom. And there are a lot of families today that have that reality. Mm-hmm. And so that was in the 60s and set in a very, you know, conservative sort of lifestyle in North Carolina. But it's mm-hmm. interesting how TV kind of leans into some things that we don't always think about. So I'll leave it there. Yeah. And the not only was she like raising Opie, like you know, she really kind of was a mom figure to um, was his name Andy in the show? Yeah, <laughs> okay, um, and yeah, but I, I loved Aunt B, she would that that was actually um, and you know, she was a very strong, I mean, yeah. it's important for me to see um, strong women figures um, portrayed on the screen. And so, you know, she was very strong, but also caring and endearing. And you didn't have to mess with Aunt B, but you knew that you could come to her if you needed, like, some yeah. guidance. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, this just in, uh, Marie Barone, the actress Doris Roberts, died in 2016. I didn't know. Rest in peace four years later. She was amazing. Um, yeah, that that's show. another show I've never watched. So I don't, I don't even know who that is but i might have to look it up it's she's funny her character is so funny well as we close our time together today definitely our last topic was leaning into just the celebration of mothers and motherhood and those women in our lives whether they are biological mothers aunts grandmothers um friends who have helped guide us this Sunday for Mother's Day is an opportunity to remember, to celebrate, and also, um, you know, just call to mind those individuals who have been impactful in our lives. So um, as we close our time today, and I might be putting you on the spot, but Phil, do you have any final words for us or words of inspiration as we close our time? Our, our- passage for worship this week is first peter 2 2 through 10 and it's certainly not a a a mother's day passage there there are very few in the bible that are peter tells christians that uh that they are a spiritual household that in in so that we are vessels of the glory of god and i think back to um our son uh who is uh in stay at home with us right now alex is um 27 and was on spring break from from William and Mary School of Law and then when the, all this thing happened and he remarked the other day how Jody always came into his room in the morning from grade school to high school and would sing rise and shine and give God the glory glory rise and shine and give God the glory glory rise and shine and give God the glory children of the Lord he was kidding her about that in that that wasn't overwhelmingly welcome when he was in middle school and high school. But when I think about the role of, of parents, moms, dads, when I think about the role of aunts, uncles, grandmothers, grandpas, anybody in a generation that is seeking to shape a, a subsequent generation or younger generation, 
is that we're, we're cheerleaders of the faith and we, we want our, we want future generations to rise and shine and give God glory in our homes, in our lives, whether we're a single adult, uh, as in a single person household, or whether we're a combined family type of household, no matter what our household is, we can rise and shine and give God the glory as his vessels. And so that's just, I don't know, that's the thought I have. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful Mother's Day thought for me, thinking about Jody and the life of, of my kids, and then our call to be that way um, in general. I can go ahead and close our time together in prayer. So if you guys will bow. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day and for this opportunity for us to join together. We thank you for the opportunity to realize as a family of believers that we are able to, no matter how old or young we are, to impact and support and help each other on our journeys. We thank you for this time and the opportunity for us to share together and to just be able to um, have a bit of joy and refreshing in our week. Uh, we ask that you just continue to bless and keep us as we go forward to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Millennial, The Man and Miss Crystal, a podcast ministry of Old Town Community Church. For more information on our church and other ministries, visit oldtown.cc. Services are available to watch online every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel. Visit youtube.com. Search Old Town Community Church. This podcast and sermon audio are available on podcasting apps worldwide. Apple and Google Play. Search OTCC Podcasts.